Stay tuned for today's episode where I have a wonderful guest, Rosemarie Ferrante. She is an attorney that's going to share with us some of the information that everyone needs to know. And that is, what are all the different kinds of divorce? What are their implications for you? And what do they mean? So stay tuned and listen to Rosemarie and myself talk to you and educate you on the divorce processes. Take care. Hi, beautiful. I'm so glad you're here with me today. My guest is someone I've been waiting to hear for quite a while. Her name is Rosemarie Ferrante. She's a collaborative attorney, mediator, and with the Divorce Mediation Center of Fairfield County. Rosemarie is a family attorney who has been practicing exclusively family law for over 25 years. And that's something important because she focuses in as a specialist. She focuses her practice on non-adversarial divorce through mediation and the collaborative divorce processes. Now, I know a lot of you are confused about all the different kinds of divorce, and that's what she's here to help her help us with. Her goal is to make a positive impact on the divorce process by giving couples the resources and tools they need to help their family transition smoothly through the restructuring of their family. She's a frequent guest on podcasts where she discusses the benefits of integrative divorce process in which a team of professionals best suited for the family guides the family through the divorce process to ensure a positive post-divorce co-parenting and financial life. So critical. She's going to discuss the contrast from settlement to mediation, to collaborative, and under what circumstances should each be used. Hi, Rosemarie. Thank you so much for being my guest today. It's so good to have you. Thank you, Beverly. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to see you. I think it's so important when I'm recommending uh, legal professionals to my clients that someone specializes in family law rather than family law is just one of 20 different, you know, things they practice uh, because they know so much more. So I'm, I'm tickled to get your expertise today. Thank you. And, you know, it's such a good point because there are attorneys who dabble in a little of everything. Um, but, you know, just like finding a specialist if you were seeking medical care, when it comes to legal care, and legal advice, it's imperative you find someone who's highly trained specifically in family law. Absolutely. So um, to, let's just, we let the cat out of the bag. There are all these types of divorce. Can you describe a little bit about each method and then perhaps when each should be used? Sure. So many people don't know this. You know, we get a lot of information just from the media, from television. And so when people think of divorce, I think that most people tend to think lawyer up. Let's see the lawyers first, right? Let's hire lawyers and let them do their job. And while that might make sense for some families, it's really important that people understand there are other options. The litigation process, we'll start with that. The litigation process is an adversarial process. These are the situations you see in like old time movies like Kramer versus Kramer. Remember that? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So nasty. And, you know, 
the litigation process is an adversarial process. It is not set up necessarily to help families solve problems. In my opinion, it's best suited for people who never need to see each other again. Personal injury mm-hmm. situations, you know, situations where you're not having to co-parent. That being said, it is unfortunately the only option for some families. So we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but okay. what is litigation? It's when both both spouses hire lawyers. The lawyers file for divorce in court, and the court process begins. The attorneys have to prepare for trial. They're going to do formal discovery, depositions, subpoenas. All conversation goes between the lawyers now. And so the lawyers are running the show. The court is running the timeline. So you're going to have court dates that you have to appear upon. You know, this, again, is your typical litigation. Now, that's not to say that your lawyers aren't going to have settlement meetings. That's not to say that you're going to have a trial. Probably 95% of those cases do resolve before trial. It's at what cost and at what collateral damage. And so, you know, what situations... um, And I think at the end, we'll kind of circle back to what situations are, you know, do you need litigation? Because there are situations where it's necessary. Um, What I focus on are the two non-adversarial divorce processes. And we'll talk about both of those. But the, the most important thing to know for both processes, which are mediation and collaborative divorce, are that it does take both spouses commitment. It's a voluntary process. So that's, that's really important. You know, if you have one spouse who's just not going to participate in good faith, what are your options? Collaborative Mm -hmm. divorce and mediation are both founded on the principles of good faith and full transparency. So that's out of the gate, the first thing to consider in terms of which process is going to work for your family. Gotcha. So should I start with mediation or collaborative? Whatever you want. I just had one question. I think that I've heard that in litigation, everything is public record. Mm -hmm. So if you, all your information will be available to anybody. Is that true? Well, so different courts handle things differently. And COVID has changed a lot. So while court proceedings are public, um, there's many court proceedings in many jurisdictions now that are had via Zoom. And so in the old days, if the court was hearing 17 different motions in family on a particular day, anyone in the courtroom was going to hear all of your business. And okay. And, and even, you know, with respect to public record, yes, these documents are public record, but that doesn't mean they're accessible online. You know, there's a lot of misconception about that, and it's really different jurisdiction to jurisdiction. So you would have to speak specifically to an attorney in your jurisdiction. But typically, financials are sealed. So it's not like mm-hmm. someone go on the Internet and find your financial affidavit. Um, gotcha. However, If you go to the clerk's office and ask for a a family court file, it is public, which is very different than a collaborative divorce and a mediation, which 
all of the discussions, all of the proceedings, so to speak, are private, are not held in a courtroom. So that is an important difference. So with some of these real high-profile celebrity divorces, can, let's say, someone from the media go and get their files and find out all the information? You know, I mean, the, the short answer is yes, but the longer answer is probably not without good reason. Um, gotcha. So you'd still, you know, there's different Freedom of Information Act processes. You know, I you can't just go in and get a file from the clerk without various, um, various documents. That being said, we all see many of them are leaked, are put online. And right. you know, the sealing of a family, you know, it's a great topic for a whole nother podcast, right? Because <laughs> there is a, there's a lot of nuances to what that really means. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, when should somebody use mediation or collaborative? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you think about the range of family matters, I would say that the majority of them are matters that could be resolved with mediation or collaborative. Again, it does take both spouses um, willingness to participate and to be able to have these discussions. Divorce is not easy, even in the best of circumstances. Exactly. The conversations you need to have with respect to your children, with respect to your finances, are not easy discussions. The basis of mediation and collaborative are self-determination, is your willingness to, in good faith and with full transparency, have the discussions and ultimately make the decisions relative to your family. Because let's not forget, no one knows your family better than you. And every family is so unique. So your sister's divorce and your neighbor's divorce is going to be very different than yours. So exactly. who can benefit from collaborative and mediation? I would say the lion's share of people who are contemplating divorce. And what does it take? It takes two spouses who are willing to proceed with compassion and respect. You know, I see it all the time. What started with love can end with respect. How do you get there? There is so mm -hmm. much emotion <clears throat> involved yes. in every divorce. And so the emotional prep work is so critical, you know, and that takes both spouses. You can recognize we weren't good at marriage. And let's normalize this. Not every relationship is meant to last forever. That's okay. You know, so we didn't do marriage well. Let's do divorce well, particularly if there are children. And I think if two people can recognize that, can do whatever emotional work they need to do to have the support they need from wonderful divorce coaches like yourself, from individual therapists, to get to a place where, okay, we can do this well, that's going to make the legal and financial processes a lot smoother. Right. So and I think one, I think one of the things that I frequently tell my clients that the very, the most important conversation they can have is that very first one with their spouse telling them that they want a divorce and how they do that, because that sets the tone for the rest of the divorce. Um, and I think that plus making sure you process your emotions, one of the things I have them do is do an assessment of their spouse 
and themselves and look at that so that they can see not only might there be some things that irritated them about their spouse, but there's also things that they contributed to the situation. So it's kind of a two-way, two-way street. Um, but I think that's very helpful. You're so now I have oh, I'm sorry. I have a client that was in mediation, and her husband I would describe as extremely hostile. He um, yelled at the mediator, yelled at the attorneys that were there, threw up his hands, walked out of the room twice, and now they have moved to litigation or to potential settlement. Um, are, are, is mediation or collaborative suited for hostile individuals? Yes, if, if they're willing to do some of this work. So, you know, gotcha. that emotional prep work that I was talking about isn't even just always the support. If you to proceed with clarity as to why your relationship is there, um, to understand because dragging someone through a divorce process or being dragged is a recipe for disaster. So there's two issues. <laughs> One is, is this person just not ready? And could, could things like healing or therapeutic separation or discernment counseling have helped. But the other is, is he just a, a hostile person? Now, you know, I guess I can't curse on this. There's people who are not great people. <laughs> you can. <laughs> and then there's people who might be, you know, have pathology, right? And so where, where in the range are we talking about? Mediation can work. But I would wonder if collaborative would make a better, be a better fit for that family. And here's why. So in a mediation, you're working with one mediator who, right. even an attorney like myself, is not, cannot give independent legal advice. The role of a mediator is to facilitate conversation. If one person's not willing to listen, not willing to compromise, wants to get, you know, rooted in their positions, where are you going with that, right? And so yeah. even, even the most highly trained mediator um, is going to really struggle with that situation. Now, in a collaborative divorce, both spouses have attorneys at every meeting. And so there's a bit of, is particularly if that hostile person on the other side of the equation has a spouse who's less inclined to speak up or feels there's a balance, an imbalance of power, having the two attorneys there would be really helpful. Now, let's also add to the equation that in a collaborative divorce process, there's a mental health professional involved. And so mm. a collaborative with the assistance of a mental health professional who's going to help people manage their emotions, help people have conversations that don't fall back into that dysfunctional marital, um, you know, communication style. Hi, everyone. As parents, we often have gut feelings when something just isn't right. And this can be especially true in co-parenting arrangements where one parent is struggling with addiction. If you're co-parenting with an ex who abuses alcohol, Soberlink can help. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. 
The system's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test, so you can be confident your kids are with a sober parent. With SoberLink, judges rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and your kids are able to maintain healthy relationships with both parents. To sign up, SoberLink's offering $50 off your device for our listeners. Visit www.soberlink.com empowered, and that will be in the show notes as well. We'll be right. really helpful to help a family like that through these discussions. And again, they're not easy discussions, but you need to find the team that's going to be best for the family. So maybe in that situation, mediation wasn't the best option. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just um, got certified in pre-mediation coaching. And one of the things that was discussed was this concept of shuttle mediation, where instead of the two people being together, they're in separate rooms going back and forth. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, for sure. It is a tool that mediators should have to use if and when needed. And in the situation you're describing, that would certainly be helpful. Um, And, you know, in this in this world of Zoom that we have, we can do Mm -hmm. shuttle mediation or caucuses with breakout rooms. The other option is in a situation like that, again, the mediator has to, you know, it's interesting because as a mediator, very often people are in their best behavior. And so in this instance, he's not. So he's showing his (laughs) However, you know, very often the help of review counsel is really helpful because they may have insights that the mediators doesn't have. And so another potential option to shuttle mediation in the situation you're describing is to have the, the spouses with their review counsel either in breakout rooms or available during these meetings. So there's a number of different ways to handle bumps in the road that are inevitably going to happen. So just because you choose mediation and maybe it's not working, or just because you choose litigation and you're six months in and you haven't been to court once and you spend $20,000 already. Exactly. Or these other options. And it's really important to find the team that's going to work best for your situation. And so, again, you know your family best. What do you think? You know, let's think about this in three pieces, financial, legal, and emotional. What are the support people in each of those disciplines that are going to help your family the most? If there's high conflict parenting issues, can a co-parenting a uh, counselor help. If there are highly complex financials, would the certified divorced financial analyst help? And so it's imperative for people not to only understand your options for mediation, collaborative, and litigation, but also to understand who are all these professionals. You can get overwhelmed. It's a, yes. there's a lot of information out there. So you want to kind of break it down into these little pieces to really understand how is my family going to restructure in a way that ultimately ends up with an agreement that's your blueprint for your post-divorce life that's going to serve everybody 
especially the kids. Are there um, legal professionals that say they practice collaborative but haven't, let's say, gotten specific training or aren't in the official association of collaborative professionals? And what's the implication of that? That's such a good question Um, because when I had described litigation before and I had said, you know, none of the court processes prevents attorneys from having settlement meetings. You're going to hear a lot of litigators say, I practice collaboratively. That's what I do. I always have settlement meetings. None of my cases go to trial. Make no mistake. That's still litigation. What makes a collaborative different is the signed participation agreement signed by both lawyers that says we're not going to court. And that if this collaborative breaks down, the attorney's cannot be the litigators because not only do the spouses need to be um, married, for lack of a better word, to this process, so do the lawyers. And, you know, some lawyers practice what they call little c, like little c collaborative. We don't sign that agreement. Well, be aware. What does that really mean? They want to be in it if it goes to litigation because... Exactly. This is a business, and that's where. Yeah. You know, so, so when you're looking for a collaboratively trained attorney, make sure they have collaborative training. It's going to be in their bios. It's going to be very clear. Make sure that they sign that participation agreement. You had mentioned organizations. The International Association of Collaborative Professionals is a great way to check: is your attorney trained in collaborative. Similarly with mediation, are they a part of the, your statewide organization in Connecticut? It's CCND, the Connecticut Council for Non-Adversarial Divorce. Every state has organizations. There's the American, I'm sorry, the Academy of Professional Family Mediators, which is a national organization for mediators. So you can check, you know, you can do some background um, and really, or ask them directly, are you trained in mediation? Are you trained? Do you have advanced training? What's your background? Um, So like you said, when we started the conversation, you want to, one, make sure your divorce attorney, your family attorney practices solely or the majority of their practice at least is in family but then also you know if you're looking for a mediator what's their training if you're looking for a litigator what is what are they are they litigating in your jurisdiction if you're looking for a mediator again what is their training and websites speak volumes yes that is true so how how would somebody pick the professional and pick the process. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is to really understand the three processes. And so okay. you know, we, we kind of describe litigation. We discuss the team in, in a collaborative and in mediation. Again, you're working with one unbiased facilitator of, of communication. So first is really understanding those processes. Many divorce professionals like myself do consultations to talk with couples together about their options because I want to make sure my clients are a good fit for the process. I want them to understand their options. Um, And, and they need to hear, well, I don't know, you know, mediation sounds right, but is there a reason I should be thinking of collaborative? 
what are the different, you know, red flags or the different things I should be thinking about? Many people feel divorce is a death sentence, but with the right support and guidance, you can move through the process with knowledge, skills, and confidence. It can also be a time of growth and progress. As a divorce and empowerment coach, I'm an invaluable member of your divorce team. I help you understand and navigate the process, come to terms with your emotions, avoid costly mistakes, learn skills to help you communicate and negotiate, find your true voice, and create an empowered life post-divorce. If you're interested in learning more, schedule a free consultation at HerEmpoweredDivorce.com. So that's the first step is finding somebody. And maybe that means meeting with a litigator, meeting with a collaboratively trained attorney, and meeting with a mediator in your jurisdiction to understand, you know, what those really look like. And then one of the things you said that really is so important is that initial conversation with your spouse how do we want to do this? You know, the timing of that is critical. By the time you have that conversation, there's a lot of stuff that's happened in your marriage. And so Mm -hmm. I find that that first phone call is like, now we can start the healing process. Now we can start, right? Now we can start figuring out how we're going to do this. And so the meeting of the minds between you and your spouse is so important. And I love what you said about starting the healing process, because I think so many people think divorce is uh, is a negative, is a hostile, is a antagonistic process. But reframing your thinking to this is a healing process Mm -hmm. can be so amazing. Uh, And I see it all the time. It's not easy. Again, like, you know, getting to the place where you're both ready to proceed with compassion and respect, that's where the hard work is. That whole, the whole mindset of this isn't what I thought it was going to be. It's not what I thought it would be for my children. You know, getting to that place of, okay, it's okay. And we're going to do this and we're going to do this. Well, that's the hard part. If you do all of that, the legal and financial can be a lot smoother. This is the kind of um, process that, again, that I, I, I have nothing else to call it other than emotional prep work is the difference between a smooth, efficient, healthy process and a litigious, expensive, destructive process. Absolutely. Because, you know, if you think about it, that destructive not only harms both the parties, but what it does to the children is terrible. And that's really what people have to remember. I I rarely see people, if ever, I can't say I've ever seen people who said, I don't care about my kids. Nobody says that. If we can keep kids at the forefront, this is a moment in time where you can, you know, there's enough stuff in this world that's going to hurt our kids. This is one place where you have the power to say, I'm not going to be a a party to hurting my kids. I'm going to help them go through this process, you know, look at it as this isn't negative. Flip that whole script of broken families. Let's normalize this. Again, not every relationship's forever, but family is. We're restructuring our family. It might look different. Right but it doesn't have to be negative. 
we've touched a little bit on this, but which of the alternatives are best for a hostile divorce? So, you know, again, I do, I, hostile can mean many different things. Um, I, if we're talking about pathology and we're talking about narcissism, we're talking about coercive control, it will be very difficult to get somebody on board with a mediation. It may be difficult to get them on board in a collaborative divorce. And so very, very unfortunately, there is a subset of situations where someone may have no option other than to litigate. And litigating with somebody with pathology is not easy. It is not straightforward. There's a lot of potential litigation abuse. Um, And so in a situation like that, you really need a litigator who understands what you're dealing with because courts are not built to help with pathology. And that's the missing piece. And so if at least your lawyer really understands it, then that's maybe the best you can do. That being said, I've seen many situations where collaborative works in those situations, because again, Hmm. let's bring in that mental health professional. We have two lawyers here. So no one feels that there's an uneven playing field. You know, the financial piece of having a neutral financial on that team would probably be helpful as well. And so with all of those checks and balances, again, depending on the level of hostility and what that actually means, I do think there's a big space for collaborative divorce processes to be very helpful. What about domestic violence? So, you know, when we're talking about somebody's safety, whether it's the safety of a mom, children, of course, any abuse towards a mom is abuse towards children. Again, it may it may have to be a litigation. The only thing that I always recommend to people is to make sure that your litigator understands exactly what they're dealing with because as we know, instigating or initiating a divorce action can be a catalyst for um, additional abuse. And so working with women's centers in your jurisdiction, um, working with advocates who are going to ensure safety plans are in place is so, it's, it's just critical. Yes, I saw a statistic that said 70% of women that leave their abusers are murdered. And that's just tragic. It's tragic. tragic. It's tragic. And there's, you know, the family court system is just a system. Um, And again, it's try as it might. It's not, um, you know, we're expanding laws. Thankfully, we're including coercive control into some of our um, restraining orders and abilities to get restraining orders. And you don't have to prove physical abuse. I think a lot of there's been a lot of growth, but so much more needs to be done because it's it's a absolutely trap. absolutely. Rosemary, thank you so much. This has been so enlightening, and I know it's helped the listeners so much. How can my listeners find you? Sure. Um, so my website is divorcemediationct.com. 
Um, my website has all of my contact information, my phone number. There's a email form. I have links to my Facebook, to my Instagram, to my LinkedIn. So website's probably the best first stop. And you're in Connecticut, correct? I am in Connecticut, yes. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to touch on that I forgot? <sighs> no, I don't think so. I mean, I would just say to all of your listeners, again, nobody knows your family better than you. And so, you know, you just think through, um, in your particular instance, what support you need, what support you feel will best serve your family and find the process that's going to be best for your unique circumstances. Wonderful. Rosemary, thank you so much for being with me today. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And to the audience, all of Rosemary's information will be available in the show notes along with mine. And you can find them at herempowereddivorce.com on the podcast page or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you prefer the video version, you can go to our YouTube channel called Her Empowered Divorce. Thank you for being with Rosemary and myself on this episode episode of Her Empowered Divorce. Join me on our next episode where we'll be diving deeper into what other expert professionals can say to help you on your journey. Please listen, subscribe, and leave us a review on any opportunity or any channel. And please share our story with your friends so we can reach out and help as many women as possible. Thank you for joining us today and stay empowered. Take care. How do you navigate divorce without destroying family relationships or finances? I'm Jamie Davis, board-certified family law attorney, mediator, and host of A Year in a Day Divorce Without Destruction. On my podcast, I talk with everyone from marriage therapists and financial planners to private investigators and parenting coordinators to uncover what you need to know to have the best legal and emotional divorce experience possible, though it's not legal advice. Tune in to A Year in a Day, Divorce Without Destruction, every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Thank you for listening to the Her Empowered Divorce Podcast. Remember, divorce doesn't have to be a death sentence. With the right support and guidance, you can move through the process with knowledge, skills, and confidence. And it can also be a time of growth and empowerment. A divorce and empowerment coach is an invaluable member of your divorce team. I help you understand and navigate the process, come to terms with your emotions, avoid costly mistakes, find your true voice, and create an empowered life post-divorce. If you're interested in learning more, schedule a free consultation at herempowereddivorce.com. And be sure to check out my other episodes of Her Empowered Divorce podcast and resources on my website or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This will help me reach out to more women in the same space so you are not so alone. I appreciate your support. Until next time, take care and stay empowered.